What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mogul, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. Now with snowmobile gas and all that, 250 bucks or 150 bucks. Yeah. And that's got to, because you're driving, What? what's it take, a half tank to get down there plus you're towing? Yeah, you get like 12, 30 mile a gallon. Not good. Not good. Towing sleds. No. Ripping premium non-ethanol in my snowmobiles. <laughs> why, why, you, why do you choose that gas instead of, or is that just what they call for? Yeah, because they're carbureted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's wild. I don't know a fucking thing about snowmobiles. I don't either. I just, <laughs> I'm just good at breaking them. Yeah. I was checking tracks yesterday and both my, uh, ski, my, one of my skis fell off my sled. Yeah. When I was like four miles from the truck. And so I had to, I would pick up the sled, put the thing back on the ski, the mount, the bracket back on the ski. I had to go like five mile an hour. Any turn that I went over, it slipped. Fucking fall off. <laughs> get back off. I get a hundred yards from the truck, and my other one falls. No <laughs> breaks. Way. The, it was yeah. There wasn't enough. Uh, there's not a lot of snow out there. Yeah. And so, so would you take that over to Limitless and have those guys? Yeah, they're gonna fix it. Fix it. I will. I need to drop it off. Yeah. Sounds like it. Didn't? Is it the same one where we? busted the ski like yeah they fit they put a new skag on but like the way my my brackets are different than the skis they could find because the snowmobile is so old so they kind of had to custom <laughs> fit it and it wasn't custom fit enough <laughs> scott was like dude you're fucking tough on snowmobiles i was like i don't know dude i i just truck track yeah like well it's so funny i think for for guys like you and myself like we're rough on gear because we yeah. we use we use the gear for exactly what it's advertised to be used for. Yeah. But a lot of the gear actually can't handle what it's advertised to be used for. No, well, I mean, granted, I, you know, I have been dirt biking those snowmobiles a few times this year. Uh-huh. But, like, I have to go check track. What yeah. am I going to do? Yeah, it's, it's your duty. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to walk seven miles when i can ride my snowmobile yeah and i can't drive a pickup on it so yeah or or what about a quad can you ride a quad i can but we we have one down there on the mountain road but you know that's five miles away from where i was checking Mm -hmm. so usually we just let it and typically this time of year you can't like there's a lot more snow there's not a lot of snow right now there's not a lot of snow right now no you think we're gonna get much more I don't know. It's supposed to snow later this week. I can't hunt for two weeks, but hopefully. I mean, we really. The problem is the snowpack. Mm-hmm. Like right, like up in the mountains, like where I was yesterday, we were pretty high up, but there was no snowpack. So like all the snow we were hiking on was snow from two days last, ago. From yeah, from this last storm. Yeah. And they got like six to eight inches, but underneath it's just frozen dirt. Yeah. So it sucks. That sucks. Yeah. It's not fun. Not fun at all. Yeah, I was expecting more snow. I was hoping for more snow this year. Dude, last year we got burned too. Really? We didn't get much snow last year. But I wasn't here for it. I know. Too bad. Too bad. <laughs> I wish I was. I do, I I'd be a year further into buying a house. <laughs> or you would have bought one a year ago and for it for 300 half. grand less than they're <laughs> yeah. fucking selling for now. Yeah. What a nightmare it is. Dude, it's a shit show. Yeah. Yeah, are you are you selling your house? Are you thinking about selling your house and moving or no? 
uh, I feel like we talked five about year it. Plan. Five year plan. Got it. I mean, this place is blowing up too much. Yeah. Are we going right now or no? Oh, we've been going. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're Sounds good. good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I moved out here five years ago or so, and five and a half years, and man, the mountain it's grown in the last two years is insane. So, I don't know. I have an average house. Yeah. And uh, when it hits a million dollars, I'll go to Wyoming. Somewhere. Yeah, I'll go yeah. to Wyoming probably. Yeah. I like it out there. Less Wyoming's people. nice. Cody's nice. I like Cody a lot. Yeah. I like Lander. Lander. I lived out there for a I've bit. I've never been there. It's sweet. Is it? Yeah. There's no like major interstate running through either. So it reminds me a lot of Livingston, mm-hmm. but not the wind. It's on the, wind. Yeah, it's Cody's on the, pretty windy from what I hear. Yeah, it can be. It, uh, Lander's on the east side of the winds, mm-hmm. so uh, kind of like the high desert, but cool little town. Yeah. Mix of like climbers and ranchers, kind of like Livingston. That's interesting. Yeah. Climbers and ranchers. Well, they have like big rock climbing out there. Do they? So it's a big like, and Knowles, have you heard of Knowles? No. Like National Outdoor Leadership School. Mm-mm. It's based out of there, so okay. it's kind of like your hippie backpackers and ranchers and cowboys and there's a res nearby so a lot of indians too i'd imagine there'd be a lot of fighting also probably, probably. <laughs> some of those towns have it mm-hmm. yeah but probably five-year plan yeah it's just when you go to trails on a wednesday and there's 20 trucks at it it gets pretty frustrating i think that that's just about everywhere Around here, at least. Yeah, but it didn't used to be like that. No. I used to be like the only person trail running on a weekday, or like one one or two other people. Really? And now it's, I mean... Because you invest a lot of time and energy in trail running. Yeah, I trail run a lot in the, in the spring and summer. Yeah. And like, I like getting my dogs out year-round, so if I can't hunt them, like I want to go out and trail run and be in the mountains, and yeah, no one has jobs in this town anymore. And it's so weird because the population is continuing to increase, but employment is, is, I swear it's down because everybody is hiring. Everyone's hiring and they can't fill people. And I mean, every restaurant, like half of them are, you know, are closing shop for a couple of days during the week or they're open, but not doing food on, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Because they can't meet the... They can't get cooks. They can't yeah. get the staff. That's fucking wild. Yeah. I wonder, I'm, do you think it's just everybody working remotely? I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of people moving here, moving here from California and New York, big cities where they mm-hmm. have big money. And with all the COVID stuff, people can work remote and they figure that out. Yeah. So it has to be, right? Yeah. Because college kids aren't affording this town. No. Hopefully people start like calling their employees back to work. Yeah, you got to be here. You right. Be present. Five days <laughs> well, I remember like the apartments I moved into one before I bought my first house out here. I think me and my brother paid like twelve hundred bucks for mm-hmm. like it was two, two bed, one bath apartment. And I met someone that lived there right now, and they just raised the rent to like two thousand. Really? So up eight hundred dollars. That's rough. Like, how do you afford? How does some college kid fresh out of college trying to get a job? And pay that. off their debt. And pay off their debt. Or someone that's just serving food or working at Target. Yeah, well, it's like mind-blowing to see Wendy's is hiring for eighteen seventy-five an hour plus a signing bonus. And, Fucking Wendy's. Yeah, and like student loans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, 
I don't know. I, I just, think the Goodwill had a sign out the other day. I drove by, and uh, they were hiring for 18 bucks an hour. Like, at the Goodwill, paying $18 an hour. That's but, wild. That says something. Must be a profitable business. Or it's either that or they shut down. <laughs> what can you do? Yeah. No um, one's going to work there for 10 that's for sure. No. It's, it's insane. How are you liking living here? I love it, man. Yeah. I love it. It's It's been so great. I mean, mind you, I'm predominantly on the road traveling and cooking everywhere. But when I get to be home, I get to hang out with you guys and, you yeah. know, got a, got a pretty solid group of friends uh, for moving up here and still getting to hunt in the winter. Still getting to hunt. Well, I mean, in California, yeah. where I lived in Sonoma County at a 880 acre ranch that I managed for pigs. No, so. That's right. I hunted 365 in California. I mean, I probably hunted more in California than I do up here. Um, but it was, you know, 45-minute drive, and I had 800 acres at my yeah. leisure anywhere I wanted all day long. So that was kind of Friday, Saturday, Sunday deal for me. We just go disappear onto the ranch. It's not a bad life. Hunt pigs, yeah. It's kind of what I do in the winter. Yeah, yeah. You hunt cats, though. Yep. Running dogs. Running dogs. Yeah, so Bryce, why don't you tell us, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about who you are, and you already told us you moved here five years ago, so. Yeah, my name is Bryce Suhey. Um, Suhey. Suhey. Um, <laughs> moved out to Montana five and a half years ago for a job, my PA at the hospital, and uh, was originally from California, like you. Um, there's a few of us. <laughs> there's a few of us. A few, it's kind of wild, man. Like, I know. <laughs> and we all are like shamefully admitting that we're know, from California. Tough. I know. I feel bad for all the locals, like the actual Montanans. Yeah. You know, because they're like, yeah, you fucking California pieces of <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, I grew up uh, just east of San Diego, kind of a little bit more towards the mountains than desert out there. And mm-hmm. uh, grew up doing some hunting and loved it and always loved being in the mountains. So, um, got out the first chance I could moved to Washington out in Spokane for a few years and then uh, how was Spokane you know it gets a bad rap but a lot was, of Russians out there there's a lot of Russians yeah. yeah but uh there's a lot of stuff to do I mean it was I was just out of college so I was doing my um grad school out there mm-hmm. and there's like a lot of young people a lot of active people you're right next to Idaho and I kind of just spent all my time out in northern Idaho. Yeah, I've spent hiking. For for me, when I've been up there, it was Sandpoint, Priest Lake area, oh, yeah. and all that. And I mean, it's just some of the most amazing country I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I've been going to Sandpoint since I was a little kid, and we were supposed to move out there when I was in like sixth grade. And my a job didn't end up panning out for my mom. She was a teacher and was trying to get a job out there. And what a beautiful little town, though. Dude, I love it out there. Cold ass winters. I know. I thought that's where I was going to move to, and mm-hmm. then I spent more time in Wyoming and Montana. And I was like, all right, it's either Wyoming or Montana. Like, I'm not going any other place. Yeah, those are, those are my my two. Yeah. Yeah. And then ended up out here, and, um, you know, my job's pretty sweet because I only work like two to three days a week, and pretty much every other day I'm out in the mountains. How long are your shifts when you're working? Twelves. Twelves? Yeah. So That makes sense. Yeah, I get, I get to hunt a lot for uh, for not working remote and doing that i'm i'm in the woods more days than i work a year so 
It's sweet. That's the life that you want. It's the life that I want. <laughs> and uh, this time of year is like my favorite time of year. You know, that's probably the question you get the most when you move out to a place like this is, oh, how do you do in the winters? And man, I love I, it. I wish it was, I wish it was wintertime year round and I could run my dogs year-round out here and they just left cat season open now nice. will you ever try to train your dogs for uh dry ground uh i mean we, we i mean the seasons here just don't really allow it uh-huh. like I, I have some buddies out in utah and i could go hunt with them and they'd eventually figure it out it's just you just run a little bit more dogs and and the dogs just learn to pick up the light amount of scent off like little branches little twigs dirt but out here our season's only from you know december 1st through april 14th mm-hmm. so for the most part you know unless i'm driving way out east there's generally snow on the ground yeah and it it makes it easier for him it is like it it's a lot easier for a guy out in utah who only runs dirt or mm-hmm. arizona to come out here and run lions because their dogs are picking up so much more scent yeah it'd be a lot harder for me to to run my dogs out there just my two right i only have two if i had you know five or seven it'd be a little bit easier but just running two out there would be pretty difficult i think i'd be humbled pretty quickly <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't go the way that you wanted it to no but it'd be fun yeah. i mean i just like getting my dogs on lion scent and watching them grind it out so coming from spokane out here were you always into like dogs, hound hunting and, and mountain lions Dude, I, and all that? Never, like, where, What was the progression from California? So hunted, hunted ducks and geese a lot. Yeah. And so I had a lab. He was a stud. Um, his name was Ammo. I got him when he was like two. So I hunted a ton of waterfowl with him out there. So you'd work dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, hunting behind dogs since I was, you know, in middle school. And then I got him right out of high school. And so hunted quite a bit, and I I loved shooting ducks, and I loved shooting geese, and loved just watching the dogs work. And uh, my first couple of years out here, I hunted a lot of birds. Uh, we did really well, and he got real old, had to put him down. I ended up getting a pup, uh, another black lab pup, because that's what I wanted to do. And uh, I had a coworker who her fiance had dogs, and they invited me out to go line hunting, and. Uh, uh man the first time i went with them we found a track and turned the dogs loose and i saw them work and i knew it was what i wanted to do <laughs> i uh it was crazy man it was a it was a wild wild time i uh i got rid of that puppy i had i gave i gave my lab puppy away really and got a hound like a few months later really yeah i was there was after watching those dogs work and their drive uh, i just Chips had to in. do it yeah, I mean it was it's so much I mean you've seen it it's it's so much different than watching a dog retrieve a duck. Yeah. Uh they just live for it and there's no quitting them. There's no stop. And Well, and it's funny how proud they are of what they're doing while they're doing it. Oh yeah. The dogs 100% hold pride to it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of went all in, you could say. The guy I was hunting with uh he couldn't go out as much and 
you know, it kind of turned in. I ended up shooting a lion, my only lion I've ever killed. I've never shot the lion underneath my dogs. I, I killed one under his, and I still wanted to go. And so I'd be out every day looking for tracks, <laughs> find a track and call him, and he'd be asleep in bed. Like, oh, I can't go today. Oh, I can't go today. So I kind of learned. I was like, you know, if I want to do this, I have to get my own dogs. Yeah. So started out with a pup and had a buddy who had um, a pile of dogs, and he uh, let me a dog to help train my pup and. And then pretty soon I was on my own and the rest is history. I've caught 27 cats this year and that's insane. I, I would be out there today if my sled didn't break and if I didn't have stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got family coming in. Yeah, I got some family coming in. So yeah, that's how I got into, got into cat hunting and there's nothing else I'd rather do. If you told me there was a bugling bull in a basin that was, you know, 370 inch bull or there was a fresh line track i'd be on that line track really yeah man i'd be on that bolt yeah i don't know man <laughs> I'm, i can feed a cow or fill my freezer <laughs> yeah yeah well i'd rather watch my dogs work that's crazy so yeah it's in wild so now you'd mentioned that your buddy lent you his dog yeah to train your pup yeah now how does that process work because this is all completely foreign to me yeah. so i have absolutely zero idea so pretty hard to get like a puppy who's never who has no clue what it's doing to just let it go on a lion track like that dog doesn't know the difference between a lion track and a deer track an elk track you know hounds hounds are instinctually will just put their nose in a track find the scent and just gawk after it mm -hmm. so you can kind of train your dog to run whatever you want it to run uh, the hardest part is training your dog what not to run so that's especially for young dogs. You know, if you get a dog that starts off on a lion track and gets on a fresh deer track, the deers don't tree. Butterflies. Yeah, you have a long day <laughs> ahead of you. So, I mean, most dogs will hunt. It's how good will they be? What will they turn out to be? How cold are their nose is going to be? Will they be a hard tree dog or, you know, light on a tree? Now, when but you say cold noses, that means? Really good nose. Okay. Yep. But um, the biggest thing is just getting out and hunting them. So most you know there's not a lot of training involved in hounds it's getting out putting in the time finding tracks running a puppy behind good dogs that mm -hmm. know what they're doing so he lent me this dog buck who's like 120 pound plot um <laughs> just monster of a dog and he's the perfect pup trainer because he would bark on every track and he since he was so big he was so slow mm -hmm. so he was so loud that you know the dogs you know my pup would learn to just follow him and go with him and oh, this is the track we're, we're running. And then after you get them on a few trees and they see that cat in the tree or you can get that cat to jump and they chase, they see the cat jump out of the tree and can follow it. Then they, they start just picking of, it they up. They start picking it up. And some dogs, you know, it'll take a whole season. Some dogs, after a couple of trees, they know exactly what their job is. And I got a puppy last year, so she just turned a year old. And she's, Ruby. Ruby, she's killing it. She's great, man. And she's, she's a stud. Yeah. Uh, she's so much fun to watch in the field, especially like when you're under the tree at the cat. Yeah. Like, Cause she's on it. She picked it up quick. I think after like four trees with her, she was, I mean, she knew exactly what her purpose was and mm -hmm. she loves it. And Lynx, my real good dog, my male, he got hurt what two three weeks ago mm -hmm. and uh he got sliced up pretty good and you're not sure if it's from a rock or oh from it's, a cat. Cat. Yeah. it's a cat yeah we figured it out oh you did yeah okay we uh jess and ross ended up running a cat which would have been his first day back hunting and lynx is lynx thinks he can 
he can kill a cat. Like he has, there's no fear in that dog. There's no quit in that dog. He doesn't know the difference between a 160 pound Tom and a house cat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that day we were running them. He pulled it pretty far ahead of the other dogs. And, um, it kind of sounded like he had jumped the cat. And then when we were snowmobiling over there, the dogs got in a whole mist because the cat got in some cliffs. And Lynx was kind of down below, and I saw him. He was just all bloodied up. He had a cut on his pretty good lack on his face, on his chin, and then um, just like a nice surgical cut on his upper leg, probably like six inches long, probably two inches wide, and ended up getting, I think I put 25 staples in him. And I just, you know, I didn't know if it was a cat or not. And... Jess and Ross and Joe took out my dogs and they caught a cat the other day and ended up shooting it and usually when you shoot a cat kind of your the dog's reward is letting them chew on it mm-hmm. and that was his first time back hunting cats since since he got tore up and he wouldn't go near that dead cat he really? was climbing the tree you know yeah. when the cat was in the tree he was 15 feet in the tree trying to bite its ass yeah but when the cat was dead on the ground he wouldn't go near it and usually I don't usually I only let him chew on the cat for a little bit because he's pretty possessive over a dead cat like that is his cat and so he gets in a lot of fights he's a little street fighter so (laughs) if another dog comes up he bites that other dog and so usually i let him chew on it for a little bit and then i have to to leash him up because Mm -hmm. he'll just be fighting other dogs if a dog goes near the cat and he didn't want anything to do with that that cat that was on the ground i guess really yeah so i think that's interesting he gained some respect for the animal he needed it man he's gotten really lucky a couple times um a few years ago um man that was must have been his second year when he was like two years old we shot a cat and the kid ended up putting a pretty bad shot on it he um, basically shot just above the elbow so that cat ran it wasn't bleeding much we i mean it ran off perfectly fine Mm -hmm. and so the only time I really leash my my dogs ever see a leash is when we're going to kill a cat. You know, uh, in I like, case something happens. In case something happens, you don't want the dogs, you know, fighting a, a wounded cat on the ground. But we had to turn the dogs loose. We turned them loose, and they got on that cat pretty quick. And the cat was, you know, it was fine, but it couldn't climb the tree because his leg got shot. Mm-hmm. And so it ended up just being a huge fight. And I was just, I mean. When you hear a lion fighting dogs, it's, it's not quiet. Mm-hmm. So I'm sprinting down the mountain, and uh, the dog, the the cat was on another dog, and I see Lynx just run in there, and he latched on this lion's face, just was shaking it like a rag doll, and that lion was turning, and it was, it would have been a pretty quick game over, mm-hmm. and luckily I had gotten there quick enough, and I was like on a full sprint, drew my pistol, shot the cat was just hoping I didn't end up hitting a dog. Yeah. But yeah, he was, he's gotten lucky a few times. I think if I would have been 30 seconds later on that one, he probably wouldn't be here. Yeah. But it's kind of the name of the game. Unfortunately, it's those dogs love it. And there's nothing else they'd rather do. You've seen them. Well, it's part of their, their duty. Yeah. Right. And I think like if someone were to hear these stories, right their reaction might be like, Oh, this sounds terrible. Yeah. You know, but I think an important part to understand of the conversation that we're having, not only with running the dogs, the love for the dogs and you know, what the, how much the dogs love to work, but it's also what these mountain lions are doing when they're not, you know, 
when they're out in the field, how many animals they're killing every year, what, what the mountain lion's duty is to itself, you know, whether it's killing for sport or, you know, it it kills something and then gets bumped off a kill because a grizz comes up or wolves, wolves. Yeah. Whatever, whatever happens. They're just living. But in order to live, they kill a lot of deer and a lot of elk a year. Yeah, and, and there's a reason why mountain lions are hunted. Yeah. You know, and, and that's to keep the population in check. Yeah. You know, and, and the best way, in my opinion, to hunt a cat is going to be with dogs. Because it's going to be the, the most effective. Well, I mean, it, one, it's it's pretty much the only way to successfully. I mean, you, you can maybe go out there and deer hunt and you run know, across you glass a cat. up a cat and yeah. you shoot it, but... Even then, you know, I guarantee you, you know, your average hunter, if they see a line in their scope, they don't know how old it is, what sex it is, you know. Well, prime anything. example, the first cat that I was oh, on the it's like 70 pounds. And I was like, damn, that's a 120 pound cat. And you're like, no, bud. We get to this. You're, you're completely fucking wrong. That is not a 120 the, pound cat. We get to this tree and it was, this line was in a perfect tree and we had, that was a tough day. We the dogs did really well that day but we get to this tree and the lion's not far up this tree and it's on this perfect bare limb just a gorgeous female and uh andy gets up there and he's like i'm gonna shoot this thing god no Andy, we're not, we're not shooting that he goes no yeah it's a pretty small cat I'm like yeah I'll well, shoot dude, it, it has here. to be 120 130 pounds and i just looked at him. it's like oh let, let's try 70 pound female buddy <laughs> and you're like there's no way i'm like andy i've, I've seen a lot of cats in a yeah. tree 70 well then pound you started female. telling me about different things to look at you yeah. know tail length and you know how far past the foot is it, does the tail hang and, yeah you know different things like that and then you start seeing it and then my next experience in the tree looking at a cat and you know the tail's hanging seven or eight inches below the foot and i'm yeah. like all right that's a better cat yeah that's a that's a lot better cat yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it's and to be honest man for me it's i just like looking at looking at my dog's work and looking at mountain lions in a tree mm-hmm. i you know there's well, how a, many you've treed 27 yeah how many cats have you guys killed this year I think six, six, six have been killed. So, and that, that says a lot for the passion and the love of the sport. Yeah. And I could care less if they get killed because I'm not pulling the trigger. I'm just watching my dogs work. I could care less if, you know, when we have a track, if it's a small female or a massive Tom, I just want to watch my dogs tree it. Yeah. And so I get a little bit less into the argument of, uh, you know, the conservation and population control because I just, that's not my philosophy on it. I just well, want to as a houndsman for you, it's all about your dogs. Yeah, and them being happy. It is fun watching guys kill really big cats, but at the end of the day, if we left that cat in a tree, I it wouldn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. I don't do it for population control. I just purely do it to watch my dogs work. Yeah, and I, I do it for population. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I, like every cat in a tree should die. That's, yeah. you know, and there's that's, a lot of guys like that. That's my stance. And there's there's a lot of hound guys that do that too. But most houndsmen, most houndsmen don't shoot a lot of cats. Mm-hmm. They let other They're people just running shoot their them, dogs. They want to watch their dogs. And um, I mean, you saw it too. Like, you know, when you go out and shoot a deer or an elk, like you're working your ass off. You're you're hunting. When you shoot a cat, like the dogs did all the work. You know, you I mean, not all the work. You were up early grinding looking for tracks right the dogs do all the work but like, you don't as have far to as, pad that as, far as when you when you get the track like as long as you 
you're as not long a as you can fat hike. ass yeah. you can hike to the tree yeah. um like that cat i killed i had covid and yeah. I, I was like you were worked i was worked man and that wasn't a far hike at all that wasn't a far hike I'm, i think the hardest part about that was coming out of the the gully that we'd gone down yeah. into yeah that was the hardest part for me and there was pretty good snow that day yeah but i've i can't tell you how many times i've had people say oh you know Lion hunting just with dogs just doesn't appeal to me. It's just I, I feel like it's too easy. I'm, I'm like, an opportunist, yeah. man. Any hunting appeals to me. <laughs> right, but if, it, if I can get out there and kill something, I'm doing it <laughs> like straight up. But I've had so many guys never even make it close to the tree because mm-hmm. they're not used to hiking and in up steep mountains in the snow, and they're fat What's asses f- who just dude, road hunt. It's a feat, man. Yeah. Like you never know. You can t- you can have. A race where you turn your dogs loose and they treat it in 500 yards or... 17 miles. 17 miles was the day that Lynx got tore up. Yeah. And that was, you know, and that track was, looked smoking fresh. So you just never, you never truly know once you turn those dogs loose. What's really going to happen? How active that cat's going to be? Exactly. Just like yesterday, how I missed the podcast with you because we didn't get out of the mountain still. Five o'clock that night yeah you told me you were turning loose and it was <laughs> i remember it was like what noon or what i think o'clock? it was like 11 was it 11 so? yeah okay, whatever it was, yeah it was 11 and i was like man that could be a really long day for him <laughs> yeah and that you've seen that country out there it's just straight up so yeah. i was hoping that lion would be lower down on the face because a lot of times the game's pushed down low it so wasn't it, it wasn't know. lower down on the face it was up over the top of the face and down the other side yeah and there's you know in a normal snow year if we had a high pack there would be no deer and elk up there mm-hmm. so the lines are going to be lower but i think i mean there were still piles of deer track way up there really so they just the deer are up higher right now because the snowpack's so low yeah grizzlies are out I had grizzly tracks yesterday really yeah that's early. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd still they came think out two be... weeks ago, killed an elk calf. I was ripping around on my snowmobile, and I saw some wolf tracks, and uh, there was a dead elk, around, like elk calf on the side of the road. Really? And uh, I talked to the rancher, and he was like, oh, did you see the grizzly tracks? I'm like, oh, they weren't there today. So oh, that wasn't a wolf kill. A grizzly mm-hmm. killed that. That's right before that real cold snap we had a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, they had three bears out. Wow. Already. That's wild. Yeah. It's going to be a busy year for bears. It's every year's a busy year for bears, and it's getting even worse. Yeah. And now this year there's going to be a change in the bear season, which for, you're pretty oh, excited about. Yeah. Oh, I'm stoked. Which you're pretty excited about. It's the first year in Montana we can run uh, black bears with dogs. Yeah. Now, for you as a houndsman, and obviously for the love that you have clearly for your dogs, are you nervous at all about inter- entanglements with Grizz? Or I'm hoping that Link, uh, not with Ruby. Ruby's pretty smart. Like even on cats, she'll keep her distance, and she she's a little bit more. I wouldn't say timid in it, but just more intelligent and has a little bit more respect. So I think she'll stay back. Uh, Link's, a, I mean, he could have a rough day, but I think hopefully after he got humbled on that cat it teaches him a little bit better he's been on some bears mm-hmm. um we ran in idaho last year and uh he did really well but i mean it's always it's always a chance anytime you turn your dogs loose even on a lion you never know if there's going to be a wolf or... yeah wolves can come in they could bump a grizzly in its den you know and get curious about that dogs the dogs like running bears that the scent that bears put out they like chasing them mm-hmm. so 
I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to not run my dogs and let them do their job and what they want to do when anything can happen. Yeah. But I'm stoked to run bears out here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. I'll be interested to see if it lasts a season or multiple seasons. Yeah. Be interested to see how it goes as far as, uh, I mean, fish and wildlife is concerned. I think it's one of the first states that's ever, I mean, we've never really had legal rights to run it. bears. Yeah. And, and opened it up and yeah. it kind of came at a, at a good time. It was kind of pushed. They'd been working on it for a while, but the people that pushed it, pushed it. They wanted to wait till we had the, the, the right commission in the right leadership at, at higher levels who would pass it. And I don't think a lot of the antis had a lot of time to fight it because of all the COVID stuff going on. And they weren't ready for it. I'm they sure weren't ready for it. It got pushed through quick and, well, they, it'll be interesting to see. And right now there's so much uh, across the nation trying to shut bear hunting down, black bear hunting down. Oh, everywhere. Yeah. And so it's I, I think it's a huge win for hunters all over yeah. that we actually got something passed for bear hunting to expand our rights to hunt them and yeah, our ability. I, I think in the future, too, we're going to be looking at getting more positive hunting rights. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of instead of things getting taken away, I think we're going to be looking at getting more rights put back in place. And I think science is going to start ruling the day a little bit more than it has for the last 20 years. Oh, let's hope so. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. But even, you know, they had the bear biologists talking and, you know, in the meetings when it was being proposed. They have, they've never, in the last, like, in years, they've never reached the limit of the target the quota. quota of the amount of bears they want to kill in the state year. of Montana in the state of Montana. Okay. So do you know what the quota is? No clue. Okay. No clue. And so I'd be interested. Yeah. So they've never reached that with, you know, with hunting bears, spot and stock. And, you know, the big argument was from the spot and stock guys like, well, I don't want, you know, dogs running through my area, but it's like, look at Idaho, Idaho. You can bait bears, you can run dogs and you sell plenty of spot and stock hunters. And, the good thing about dogs is how many bears do you see that get killed a year that are, you know, 100-pound bears? Mm -hmm. Guys don't know how to judge bears. So, you know, the bears that are being taken, probably 50% of them are real small young bears. And at least in a tree, you can see them from, you know, 15, 20 feet away and actually be able to size them up and know what you're shooting. Yeah. So just looking over this. And I could. It looks like the quotas. Well, they have they have air, they have certain units which have quotas. Yes. Yeah, so, I'm talking about well, as like, like population so, as a whole. Yeah. How well, and that's that's what I'm looking for right now. So, like, for five ten, the quota for female bears killed is two. Last year harvested was three, which probably means. Two were killed in the same day, yeah, and they just weren't reported until the end of the day. Probably, and then um, you have twenty four hours, right? Twenty four to forty eight. Yeah, hours. I think, I think it's, it's twenty four or forty eight hours, something like that. And I'm, don't no one quote me on that, just because I'm still learning so much about the Montana system. I need to nail it down like I had California pretty nailed. Um, Five twenty for females was the quota was ten. There was only six. And for BMU 700, the quota was 12, and there was 15. 
So most of those quota areas, those are like your limited entry, right? So those are areas that do fill generally every year. Yeah. I'm talking about like your region one, your region two, your region three, where there's no limit on bears. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look other than females. And uh, I'm going to have to look. And, yeah, those are just, I'm just certain read, areas. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just reading this right now, but it doesn't look like there's actually a statewide quota. No. Um, other than females in specific units. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, in Region 3, you can shoot, you know, everyone can shoot a bear. Yeah. But most of the bears that get taken are, you know. <laughs> Bless oh, you. Bless excuse you. me. Have you bear hunted out here yet? I have not, but I will be this spring. It'll be fun. Yeah, I was talking to Ryan Lampers yesterday about it a whole bunch. Yeah. And uh, we had such a great conversation. Yeah. I mean, what the what he loves and his knowledge about bears and bear hunting and you know his passion for it is you know equally to that of yours as yeah. running your dogs and hunting cats. Yeah. You know, it's it's really and for me in California, I hunted bears for a lot of years and I had three target, two target bears. Mm -hmm. And those were the only ones that I was really willing to kill. Yeah. Um, and I'd probably see 10 or 15 bears in a season. But unless I saw the ones that I was legitimately trying to chase, mm -hmm. um, had trail cam photos of them. You know, those were the ones that those were like, I have to kill these bears yeah. and, uh, never able to, I caught up with one of them two years ago and, uh, laid a good shot on him and lost him in the buck brush, Ugh. you know, and it was 400 plus pound bear. I, I'd assume, I'd assume, um, I lost a really good bear three years ago. Mm -hmm. He was a stud yeah. and, uh, I don't. I snuck in on him, and uh, I'd seen him the day before. He came out just at last light. Couldn't get a shot on him. Went back out the next evening. Mm -hmm. Ended up getting into like 300 yards, and man, I thought I smoked him. And get down there, and I've shot a lot of animals. I had the biggest blood trail I've ever seen in my life. I mean, from where he was standing, blood just everywhere, mm -hmm. and uh, never found him. My the blood trail petered out after you know, a couple hundred yards. And I looked for two days for him. Never did find him. But you know that, I mean, they get into that thick, nasty downfall stuff. And sometimes, unless you walk right over him, you'll never see him, even if he's five feet away. Yeah. Especially if he gets in a little hole or underneath some timber. Yeah. I, so I'm looking at hunting district 150 uh, for cats. The quote is seven and there has been none killed now i'm just i guess we'll just talk on that one specifically now is that just because of lack of hunters or where's 150 at uh let me see if i can zoom in on this it doesn't list oh yeah there we go i can look it up on my phone too 150 looks to be Uh, it's gonna be up west and north, but yeah, it's it's in between. I want to say like Kalispell, north of uh, 
No, no, no that's going to be... Oh, yeah. That's a special draw, too. Is it? Mm-hmm. I believe so. so that access, look, that access looks super tough in there. Does it? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I can tell you that that country up up north, you know, Whitefish, Kalispell, Libby, Eureka, they have so many lions. And they're they're most of those areas are special draw because there's i mean there's there's piles of cats but they try and make that a, a really good unit and there's some huge cats in there and the road systems for a lot of those areas are nice i my first couple of years had a buddy that lived out of only and we'd go up there and i'd drive out there on a three-day weekend and I mean, you could just take roads for miles and miles and miles, and the amount of bobcat, lynx, and lion tracks that you saw was, it was so much fun. Really? Can you get a lynx tag in Montana? No, you can't no? shoot lynx in the lower 48. You okay. can kill them across the border in Canada. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they're sweet animals. Or up in Alaska. Yeah, or up in Alaska. But, yeah, the quotas are usually, they close pretty quick mm-hmm. in these local ones around us. And I think guys are having a tough time this year. I we have plenty of cats where, where I'm hunting. I mean, every day we go out, we almost have a track. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the canyon south of us, that's, that generally closes. And I think there's been three lions killed in that. But I guess there's not a lot of people hunting. Usually there's more people hunting it. But, like, Ross and myself, we're not even touching that. Because we are going to different areas now. So that's, like, a big part of it, too, is how many houndsmen do you have in a region. We have a lot of houndsmen here, but if not a lot of, you know, not a lot of the guys that actually hunt and get out religiously if they're not hunting a unit then mm-hmm. it'll well, stay open something that i've realized and come to see and and it i also saw it a little bit in california when they were ending hound hunting for bears was the camaraderie the respect and the community that lives among it i mean i'm sure that there's like squabbles here and there over people hunt in other people's areas but yeah for the most part it seems like it's pretty respectful everyone knows everybody but houndsmen can be like a bunch of middle school girls oh really oh yeah <laughs> yeah especially if like let's say i was gonna go hunt in eastern montana in a unit and i roll in there with i don't have bozeman plates but if i had you know county six plates and a dog box people would not be happy really yeah and it's it's very very territorial yeah like i don't go hunt a lot in livingston but because if I would, there's guys that well out i there. just you know it's i have my country that i run and that's where i usually go but i would probably piss off a lot of people if, if you I was, showed up if, out there if I, if uninvited my, yeah if i saw my truck out there every day they they wouldn't be very happy <laughs> like if, and out of respect for the guys i know that run that country a lot you know, if I wanted to go over there, I'd message him like, Hey, I was thinking about running, running over by X, you. Y, Do you want to hunt yeah. tomorrow? Or are you going out? Would you, would you care if I went and hunted like just out of respect? But yeah, it's, uh, people mean muggy if you're going and hunting really? country. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Ross and I last year, he has a cabin, um, out in Georgetown and we were hunting out there and, um, I mean, it's a special unit area. We just wanted to run cats and chase some bobcats. And uh, a couple of houndsmen saw us. and They, they weren't uh, thrilled. They weren't thrilled. And they ended up having a kid with a special tag. And it was pretty funny because, you know, they, they were not happy we were there. They were kind of mean mugging us. And we didn't, we could care less. We just wanted to run cats. So we told them, like, hey, like, what's your guys' phone number? If you have a, if you have a, you know, someone with a, 
with a tag, if we cut a tom track, we'll call you. Like, let you yeah. know. And if you have a female you don't want to run, let us know. And like, let's not step on each other's toes. Like, we'll, you know, where are you checking tomorrow? What roads are you going on? And where where should we go? So we don't we're not checking the same stuff. And if we have something, we'll let you know. If you have something you don't want to chase, let us know. Yeah, let us know. We end up having a tom track. We call them, and. Two hours later, they show up with like their entire family mm-hmm. and dogs and all that. And <laughs> we turned loose and uh, let's just say it was really good that that uh, that we were there that day. Yeah, because their dogs, I don't think would have. Their dogs didn't do much. Oh really? And we ended up catching this cat, and uh, it was a nice tom, probably like 148 pound tom. I think it ended up being. And this kid, who I think it was 12 or 13 years old, first ever year he could even put in for cats, drew it. And How he, cool! And uh, he ended up shooting it. So they really liked us then, and they're like, "Oh, come out anytime! <laughs> come on down!" But yeah, houndsmen can be can be very territorial. Mm. I know Ross has gotten his tires slashed a couple times hunting different country. Really? Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, that's wild. so. I mean, most people know like a lot of the guys that hunt a lot. I know of them. They probably know of me because they're not a lot, but. You know, usually only a couple people are hunting with each other. Mm-hmm. Now, when your dog got slashed up, what was that like for you? Because you had some things happen on the mountain that day where you pulled your dog. And- I did pull him. I pulled him because I was hunting with another guy, and he has some. He has really good dogs as well. So I, I just have two. I just have Ruby and, and Lynx. Um, I ended up pulling him just because I knew that. If, the, if we did go for a really long run, it would just make that cut even worse. Now, how far into the into the run were you? Because I know that day was a 17-mile yeah, day. Yeah, probably seven so, miles. Really? We caught up to him on sleds. They were in a, in a, in a mess up on some cliffs. And uh, I saw him running around, and, you know, he was, he was pretty cut open. So he was fine. He wanted to hunt. I decided to pull him because we had a lot of dogs. Which and, he was not thrilled for. No, he was – I put him in the dog box, and he knew – that I mean, he was depressed. He was so sad. Like that look when I put him in the dog box. Like, what are you? What are you doing, Dad? Like, they're still on the mountain. I want to hunt. And uh, I, you know, I made the call to pull him. I figured we were going to catch the cat soon, so I almost let him keep going. But I was at the, you know, something. Thank told God me, you like, didn't. You had no ten miles to go. I know, in some really nasty country. And he probably I mean, that cut would have been opened up even more, and he would have been out longer so i decided to pull him mainly for the reason that we had you know we had plenty of dogs and had it been just my two i probably would have kept him in one to kind of help out my other dog because she runs tracks really quiet so if you do have let's say you do have a a lion that just fought a dog didn't want to go up a tree you know that lion had every chance to go up the tree right most lions will but sometimes they'll turn fight and if it's only one dog you know it usually goes in the direction of the and line. Link's leading the charge like yeah. he usually does yeah but like you know Ruby my puppy she runs tracks really quiet and she's really fast so Link's will bark on a pretty fresh track so that line knows he's coming but you know if it was just my pup she runs it really quiet and you know that gives the opportunity to kind of jump the lion without the lion knowing the dog's there so let's say a lion's bedding underneath the tree and you have a dog that's loud on a track that lion hears that dog coming from hundreds of yards away he's already moving and that lion's gonna get up and move away because he knows it's coming well if that lion's sleeping underneath the tree and all of a sudden you have a quiet dog that runs a track straight into a lion that could be you know more dangerous for that dog so i probably would have kept him in 
with my pup and he would have probably still been out because mm-hmm. that, I mean, luckily it didn't hit any tendons or damage any of the muscle, but I, I guarantee that wound would have looked pretty bad had I, had I left him in. Mm-hmm. So you, I mean, sometimes you make the right call. Sometimes you don't. And that day I, I did. Yeah. But yeah. For the love of the dog. Yeah. And I mean, he was, <laughs> he was more pissed. He didn't, he could give he could give he two shits about, about his cat. leg. Yeah. No, he he just wanted to hunt. Charge. Yeah, and it's like he was hurt, right? He was injured, but not he wasn't out. He just had a cut, and that's what I think a lot of people don't realize too. It's like, let's say you're in a football game and you, you know, get a bloody nose. Like, okay, stop the bloody nose and go out and get back in the game. Mm-hmm. If you shatter your, you know, tib fib. Then you're then you're really out. Then you're out. So it was yeah. like you know for him it was a little bloody nose and he 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 could care less, you know it wasn't like he had a broken leg or anything. But we ended up catching that cat in the cave, so it was probably a good thing he wasn't there because he probably would have been up in, the, in it, up in the cave, and not a good look. <laughs> not a good look. Not a good look for an injured dog. No, but we ended up getting that cat. It was it was sweet, man. Those dogs those dogs worked really hard that day. They were, I mean, a couple of the dogs after we shot the cat, um, could barely walk. They were so tired Mm -hmm. and, uh, it was, it was awesome. We need to get you out again. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been tough for me. I just have so much going on Yeah, right now. It's just a a constant, a constant move. And I was so excited because I was going to be home for three weeks and I've been home for almost three weeks, Yeah, you know, getting to do everything, but you know, events getting booked out and paperwork and where are you headed next? Uh, right now it's, it's up in the air. Um, supposed to be heading to Las Vegas next Friday for an event with the UFC. Oh, that's right. Um, however, the, the main guy who structured almost everything, and even though he'd never like to admit it, you know, he's spearheading, he was spearheading it. Um, he had a heart attack oh, damn. at the last UFC event and they were unable to resuscitate him. Oh, so wow. it's, it's kind of been a difficulty, you know, managing, moving forward with the event, managing memorial service and yeah. getting everything in line. And so right now it's unclear it sounds like the event is still going to happen and everything's still moving forward. Um, but there's been some wrenches thrown, thrown in and it's been, uh, a difficult week, you know, since the fight. I mean, we were watching the fight together the other night. So, um, you know, but, uh, we'll just see where it goes and, if anything, I mean, I'll be in Vegas for the memorial service. The event will get canceled, and we won't cook and reschedule it down the road. Yeah. Um, and then the following weekend, I go to California for an event called Venison and the Vines. Nice. It's a fun little fundraiser for Montana Tech, and um, one of the alumni puts it on and do some fundraising for Montana Tech, which is a really great cause funny to be fundraising for Montana tech in California, (laughs) but, but that's, it's good. It's good. It's great. You know? And, and then, uh, another one, I think April 11th, 
And then I'm going to Cancun for five days. My best friend's getting married. So that should be should be a fun little break right there. And then... Uh, the road life. You're just all over, man. Yeah. I couldn't do it. Yeah, and then at the end of April, I got to go down to San Antonio with Black Rifle. And then following that, Saratoga uh, with Yeti. And then in between... Austin or Saratoga and Austin I'll go out to South Carolina with uh, Sornex and then fly from Sornex to Austin and cook Jeez. down in Austin uh, I think it, at Yeti's store down there for an event that's going on and what hunts you got planned this year uh, so we were supposed to be actually in Jamaica that's right I think right now I'm supposed to still be in Jamaica and with a stop in Florida on the way out and Florida on the way back for a few days. Um, Jamaica got canceled. Uh, so that sucked. I was, that would have been so I mean, <laughs> when I was approached with the opportunity to hunt a quote Jamaican whitetail, I was thinking, you know, some ranch in Texas, Yeah. you know, we're just going to go fuck off for four or five days. <laughs> And then I found out we were actually going to Jamaica. I was like, oh, shit. Um, but that's that's going to be rescheduled. Uh, there's a possibility for going out to Maui uh, with a ProTech team. Sweet. And doing Axis deer hunt out there. Uh, I think that won't be until June if that comes to fruition. And then a couple other things. But nothing really big this year. I mean. Kind of went Big last year. Went big last year. Moose. Yeah, moose, ibex, ibex. Um, and everything like that. I'm really looking forward to archery season in Montana. And archery season in California, I should be able to pull a pretty good tag in California. Nice. So that'll be nice. Um, and uh, a whitetail hunt in Kentucky. Sweet. Yeah. With Salt River Outfitters. So... That's kind of what my yeah. hunting season, but at the same time, like that could change tomorrow. Yeah. One phone call. <laughs> yeah. One phone call and everything, you know, yeah, I know changes in what I'm doing, yeah. you know, um, I'm just really looking forward to, I took it, I pretty much took last year off of archery. Yeah. Uh, it's my first year and I don't know, maybe 15 years I didn't hunt with a bow and uh, I'm excited to. Nice. Get back in the field. We got a good elk hunt coming up, you and I. Oh, yeah. That should be fun. We'll, oh, yeah. We'll go have some fun. Always. Nah, that's going to be a good time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, with obviously with cooking here, there, and fucking everywhere. Yeah. It just doesn't, doesn't stop, which is great. I got a lot of really good cooking events coming up I'm really excited for. So. Nice. Yeah. This will be... I won't be hunting archery elk much this year. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we better still be going on that hunt. Oh, we for sure. Yeah. But I'm gonna. I'm finally gonna do that Wyoming hunt. That, That's right. You yeah. were talking about that. Did you get drawn for that, or were you putting? In I will. It? I, I mean, I could have gone on that hunt the past two years. Mm -hmm. I had enough points. But last year I was going to, and ended up withdrawing because I drew that goat tag. Mm -hmm. And. I have some buddies out in Wyoming that have invited me out for the last few years, and we'll pack in and with horses. And there's some really nice deer out there. And yeah. last year, I was debating on doing it, but I knew if I was down there, I'd just be thinking about mountain goats. So 
I decided to, to push you, it back a year. You had a... Oh, good. The event is on. Sweet. See, that's how quick something can change. Like, 100% the event it's is on. happening. <laughs> Let's go UFC. Yeah. I'm excited for that. That's going to be so much That'd fun. That would be awesome. Yeah, we're going to cook two legs. Range day. You know, getting these guys behind firearms. Getting them to eat wild game. You know, changing hearts and minds. Teach them how to flip-flop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, trying to teach the world how to flip flop. Right. That's where it's at, really. It's getting there. It's, I mean, it's mind boggling to me to meet the folks that talk about it and, yeah. and are doing it, you know, from the small guy doing it in his backyard to like a super gnarly dude that I'm like, how the fuck do you even know about this? Yeah. Like, I ran into the Mountain Tough guys yesterday mm -hmm. and, uh, they were like, oh, you need to talk to Andy. We need to plan a cook. Yeah, they so, were they were talking to me the other week. I yeah. need to just get them on the phone and yeah. fucking set some dates down. Yeah, they were all about it. Like, yeah. Talk to them tomorrow. Like, all right, I will. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> so here you guys go. I'm, I'm talking to them. Yeah, right. Getting it done. <laughs> but Getting be, it done. It'd be super fun to, yeah. to do that. They're a good group of guys. Yeah, so. well, and I did it a split with them and Stone Glacier, I think almost two years ago now. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, that was really exciting. That was really fun. They were great folks. Yeah. You know, wonderful people. Um, and then they reached out to me just a little bit ago to try to figure something out and get it, get it down in stone. And I think the few dates they threw out at me was like, can't Sig Sauer, can't Yeti, can't, yeah. you know, this company, that company. Um, we need to just go over there and random random morning and random yeah. afternoon and just start cooking yeah what's really exciting in january um at sheep show i'll be having my own no oh. event uh, and that should be really interesting how that turns out you know to kind of like a promotional thing for you or what no no it's going to be like a full-on beer garden uh, pre less than one club party. Oh, sweet. Um, there'll be ticket sales, everything like that. And, uh, the lineup right now sounds pretty phenomenal. I'm not going to say who's cooking just because everything's not set in stone, but, yeah. uh, hopefully get enough funding behind it and be able to give away Is it a all sheep gonna hunt. be flip flopping all flip flopping. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, so everyone that'll be there will be drinking free, free beer and eating free access deer. And uh, having a good time. Do you mainly at your events now? Just I'll mainly only, do access. Now? I'll only do access to your events gotcha. now. Um, well, uh, the public events. Yeah. If it's if it's a private party and someone's having me come out and cook and they've got a wild game leg, uh, and there's no charging for food or anything like yeah. that, uh, I have no problem cooking wild game. Oh, that's right. If you're charged, if people are paying an entry fee, yeah. you can't cannot do it. That so, makes sense. So that and that's always been something that I've always had to deal with. Yeah, you know, just because the access deer leg thing isn't even a year old yet. Yeah, you know, that's relatively new. Um, but that helped extend my reach. You know, for Sig Sauer, July fourteenth and fifteenth, I believe, for their opening of their new facility in New Hampshire. Um, we'll be cooking twelve access deer legs. Jeez. Yeah, in two days. And feeding the masses, it's going to be absolutely <laughs> epic time. Um, I'm, I may 
I may uh, have a celebrity chef helping me, which Ooh. is going to be even more thrilling. Um, but I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a phenomenal, world-renowned chef, and uh, was telling him about it before everything was set in set in stone. And he was like, "Dude, I'm going. I have to go." Like yeah. he was, he was so in on it, and I'm just waiting for him to confirm and and actually lock it in and get the get the flights and everything like that squared away. But that'd be awesome. That'll be pretty dope. That'll be pretty dope. Did we talk about did uh did you hear that your buddy Jeff met Johnny? No. You know my buddy Johnny out in California? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He ran oh in, yeah, he yeah. ran into him at uh the National Turkey. Yeah. Thing. I guess yeah. he walked up and was like, You were supposed to go lion hunting with my buddy Bryce. Yeah. And Andy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he ended up like signing a skateboard for Johnny's oh, kid. Oh, how cool. Like, made the day for him. Yeah. He was so stoked. Yeah, he Jeff called. is one of the best people I've ever interacted with in my yeah. life. Like, um, we have become extraordinary friends and there's a lot of success that I've had that is a result of, um, Jeff and, 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 you know, Jeff loving me yeah. and, and being a good friend. Um, I owe so much to that man. We got to get him out here and come run some lions for a week. Oh, he's right. Like he wants to be fun. The hardest thing for him is, is just like right now is all video production, getting his skate videos squared away. And then the skaters that he sponsors and making sure that their videos are ready for spraying. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Like that guy has got his hands in so much stuff, the way that he operates and the level that he operates at is just there's not many men that I know that operate the way that he operates at the level that he operates. Yeah. And he's so humble about it. And you'd never know, like, you know, you'd just be like, Oh, he's a pro skater. Yeah. And like, there's a lot more than that. (laughs) That's such a tiny fraction of the success that that man has had. Sure. It's insane. Well, We'll have to get a week or something next year. Oh, he's in too. Even if he can't pull a tag, just come out and. Yeah. It sounds like from what you were saying, he likes to likes to hunt dogs and enjoys the process. So. Yeah, well, he likes he really likes to like uh, do dry ground. Nice. Down in Arizona yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Pretty. I've been meaning to get out to Utah and go do that. Mm-hmm. Be fun, but it's just, if you ever do, I'll I'll be down for that. That'd be a fun trip. Yeah, it would be. It's. It's tough because it's so hard to leave. Like I, I hate traveling mm-hmm. because every time I, I leave, I'm just ready to go back home. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like wondering the stuff I'm missing out on. You know, here we can hunt pretty much year round, and there's always something to do. So it's yeah. it's hard. It's like man, I just want to be in the mountains back home. <laughs> right. Well, I really want to go get a wolf. Yeah. You know, but I think most of that's closed down. Now. It closed down a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Hit the quota. Yeah. Which yeah. will be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years with that yeah well i have so much respect for the montana commission the fish and wild excuse me fish and wildlife commission and sitting in because they do everything's on zoom meetings yeah. now so you don't have to actually show up to you know missoula or whatever yeah wherever they'd be hosting it and um, you can sit in and watch the process and it was remarkable to watch montana's process and see how they are fully involved in scientific data and how they are... California's not like that? No. <laughs> you'd think. But no. When it comes to wildlife, scientific data means fucking nothing. It's, <laughs> no. it's all heartstrings and emotions. Yeah. Um, 
But it was is amazing to see a state and and it's it feels great to live in a state where scientific data is 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 the method and there's a pro hunting not anti hunting yeah commission trying to make better opportunity and sound opportunity like if someone presented something that wasn't sound they'd be like this isn't sound yeah this is not sound wildlife management we cannot do this you know i mean i'm sure that there's always going to be people that say negative one way or the other it doesn't matter there's always going to be critics but watching their process and watching everything unfold and then seeing their decision making and be like that's based off sound scientific data like yeah you can't refute that no doesn't matter if it's if it's if it's anti-hunting or or pro hunting yeah like if it's sound scientific data i'm gonna go with sound scientific data yeah you know where you look at a state like california and it's all emotional based well that i mean a buddy of mine runs a hunting page called california hunting and he posted a video today and the cat problem is getting so bad cats are strategically plotting water holes and they're sitting on water holes and killing every deer that comes into it yeah that's not a good place for any place to be for any state to be in there's a problem with the size of the herd or whatever you'd call yeah the cats there's a problem like that needs to 100%. be resolved. I remember, man, I remember growing up hunting out there. You know, first of all, if you're bow hunting, it's illegal to carry a pistol. Mm-hmm. So, you know, unless you're law enforcement. I think that that's they change that, that changed in the last couple of years. Gotcha. I think with bears, if, if you're predator hunting with archery equipment and you are holding no deer tags... Gotcha. You can actually carry a sidearm now. Gotcha. Where prior to that changing, okay. you, you could only have a bow and a knife. Yeah. And like, I mean, I went out and got the biggest buck knife I could get because I archery hunted bears for years. Yeah. And like, I was like, well, I mean, if the biggest thing I can carry is a big ass knife, like that's <laughs> all I got. Better have a big one. Better have a big one. I'd rather yeah. do that than get caught with a with a sidearm. Yeah. But it know? was, I mean, almost every time, you know, you leave your truck in the dark, you're hiking a trail for the beginning, and on the way back to the truck in the evening, there's lion tracks on top of your boot prints. Yeah. And it's it's insane the amount of cats that they have, and yeah. they're just living off of dogs and cats and deer now. Yeah. Like, how many videos do you see? on the internet of someone's front porch lion killing a, a cat or a <laughs> oh yeah buddy has sent me a video this is in san jose four years three years ago and he had four cats or it's like four or seven cats in one trail cam picture that's insane one picture with that many cats in it like dude that's a that's a problem yeah that's like a serious problem yeah and then they go and take it a step further and ban bobcat hunting now too yeah it's like where are you getting these these ideas from yeah it's it blows my mind they're getting it from the bobcat that was inspired by um one of the guys in san diego's daughter she likes bobcats she likes bobcats and she saw a picture of a bobcat that got killed if i remember the story correctly and because that picture you know, they introduced the the fur bill or whatever. I can't yeah. remember all of it because it was, you I mean, know. She probably had an A in science class. 
Yeah. So it was pretty science-based, I imagine. Yeah. Right? You know, for a 10-year-old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no big Probably deal. Bobcats, too. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> that yeah. blows my mind. Well, and then you look at when they were trying to shut down bear hunting a year ago. Yeah. You know, and they're, ta- they're quoting this, like, you know, oh, science says, whatever. And then you look at the actual science, and the science is like, no, we need to kill more bears. <laughs> we're not killing yeah. enough bears right now. Yeah. Actually. You know, and then what's it going over to Tahoe and Mammoth? Like, there's bears all over town. Yeah, like in the all dumpster. year long too. All year, yeah, yeah. There's no hibernation. Yeah, yeah. And then this year, HSUS took it a step further, <laughs> and they were talking about how the numbers reflect off of the animals killed, and ever since dogs and hound hunting has been canceled. Because that was only like, probably like seven years ago, right? Out there? I think it was 2013. Okay. So yeah, like yeah. eight years ago. Yeah. Seven, nine years ago, whatever it is. Um, that's my math. Uh, <laughs> so there's a dramatic decrease in animals killed because people aren't using dogs. Yeah. So then they automatically are saying that that proves that the, the numbers have gone down. Well, the numbers have rapidly increased, you know, let's say they're falling short. Um, they're, let's, I'm going to make numbers up. They're falling short 500 bears a year. Yeah. Well, that's nine years of 500 bears a year that are kept in. So now we're talking about 4,500 extra bears. And then how many of those bears each year are producing one or, two, one or two cubs? Yeah. So 4,500 bears, let's call that. And I mean, I'm, anybody can shoot my numbers and, you know, obviously say that I'm wrong. But like, let's say that that's 500 with reproduction. We're talking about 800 bears a year. You know, well, then what are the numbers really? We have no fucking clue. No. California hasn't had a dedicated bear biologist and they don't have a bear biologist. They haven't. And a the whole long state. time. Yeah, the whole state. There's no there's no dedicated bear biologist. So that blows my mind. Blows my mind too. <laughs> For a state where their flag is a bear. <laughs> yeah. You'd think. Yeah. You know, and then it's you know, the other question is you know, when are they gonna try to reintroduce the quote California grizzly oh, you, you know and, and what's that going to look like whether they just going to take a grizzly from up here and start bringing grizzly bears back into like Yosemite and shit well the grizzly bear up here is way different than the grizzly that was in California all the way up until the 1950s when the last one was killed I think they'd learn pretty quick uh, that's not a good idea no it's not a good idea <laughs> but they you know I mean look at the wolf and yeah. You know, reintroducing a wolf that isn't from this area and is a, a bigger dog. Like, yeah. you, you start running into problems. 20, 20 to 30 extra pounds a dog. That's a lot of feed, that's a big man. Dog, yeah. That's, you know what I mean? Like, and those wolves are now in California. And, you know, I saw a wolf last year hunting in California. I mean, yeah. that's not good. No. That's not good. And what's that going to do? With the rise of predator population with mountain lions, with the rise of predator populations with bears, what's that going to do to the ungulates? What's that going to do to the Sierra Nevada bighorn? Yeah. You know, that's that's surviving and it's thriving and it's doing well. 
you know, but then you get into different areas in California, like we'll call the Katie's, uh, with Nelson, I desert bighorn where they're finding mountain lion kills left and right of bighorns. And yeah. the species is actually like getting demolished because of mountain lions. There's a problem there. There's it doesn't no- take, it does not take that many lions to wipe out herd sheep. No, because, yeah. and the herds of sheep aren't even that big. Yeah. So, you know, there's just missing a, a huge portion of, of, I guess, the scientific data that needs to be proven of predators. Yeah. And all they want to do is continue to bring more predators in. So let's go 10 years from now. Predator hunting is banned in California. And now sheep species or, or sheep populations are being wiped off entire mountain ranges yeah. because of predators. Well, like we saw this fucking 15 years ago and no one wanted to do anything and they wanted to continue to outlaw predator hunting. Like there's a lot of problems. Yeah. It's a mess. I'm so glad that I'm out of that state. Yeah. It's, I'm going back to see my folks. They still live out there next week. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to go out, get some sun, hang out a for bit, a little bit, hang out for a little bit. But yeah. every time I'm there, I'm like, oh man, I'm so glad I don't live out here. Yeah. It's, it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it's only getting worse. But, and, and like, if we could talk about California for fucking hours and the devastating state that it's in. But like, I mean, you start looking at the homeless problems and the drug problems and needles in the streets and everything else that's going on down there. And it's just like, what the fuck? This is like one of the largest economies on the planet. Yeah. And somehow it's consistently getting worse and worse and worse run by the same people for the last five or eight decades. I had to go to, I had been, I'd been to San Francisco when I was a little kid and I hadn't been for since then a few years ago into a medical keep conference that, out keep there. Keep that memory in your right. mind. Keep that one. <laughs> I went Don't. there a few years for a medical conference and we went out to like a nice, nice dinner mm-hmm. and we were outside, you know, Someone walks up and takes a shit in Dude, front of the home, fucking window. Homeless guy takes a shit yep. like right like ten <laughs> feet from the table. Yeah, and then there's like a little fence, you know, for the patio, and then he just jumps over the fence and just starts screaming. Yeah, and then runs away, and the shit is just sitting like right in the path. Yeah, right one now. of my buddies was walking. This is a year ago, walking down the street. He just moved to San Francisco, and he had his headphones in. He was walking to his office building, and. I can't remember the specifics, but a homeless dude said something to him and he turned around to like, you know, yeah. acknowledge that he was spoke to. And this dude put his hand down his pants, shit in his hand, and then threw it on my buddy. <laughs> like just straight up on the street, like hand down pants, poop, fling. And like, what do you do in that position? Because like. You know, you run first, away, bro. You get, that's the only thing you can do. It's not like you're gonna like <laughs> get in a fight with a guy who has shit all over him. Yeah, like, it's, that's like the worst case scenario. Yeah, like what you're gonna throw hands with a guy who is just covered in shit already. Yeah, like oh, and who knows whatever else he has. Yeah, sticky with a needle with AIDS or whatever. Dude, no fun. California, you're depressing. <laughs> but we might need to go out there for some bear hunting because. 
Sounds you want to like go kill some bears their, out there? Their spot and stock bear hunting might be pretty epic. Yeah, it is pretty good. And it's, uh, I think, $350 for an out-of-state bear tag. That's not bad. And I got plenty of places to go kill some bears. <laughs> yeah. That'd be pretty fun. Yeah. Maybe we go out and, uh, and bring dogs, too, and just go for a nice hike. The, yeah, I wouldn't, do that. With some, I wouldn't do with that. With some dogs. That'd no, be bad. That'd be bad. We'd get in trouble. Yeah. But the dogs would probably have a blast. They would. I think about Summertime, that Summertime, you could do that. Yeah. I think about that now, like going out near Cuyamaca where, yeah. you know, I grew up and hunted and the amount of cats they probably have. It's like, what would my dogs do if we went on a camping trip up there? <laughs> Just went camping for a few days and went on I wonder on how hikes. many lions they'd cut. Oh, I mean, I think you'd just walk your dogs on a trail and i guarantee you my dogs would, would be gone yeah they'd light up yeah we've yeah. caught in, i've caught three cats this year trail running yeah i know you send me pictures yeah you're out in your running shoes and then all of a sudden you're chasing cats yeah three times <laughs> that's terrible the last time it was like five does that ever get frustrating <laughs> oh dude i love it so no <laughs> jess gets mad yeah yeah she she just keeps running because she's not into it uh she likes i mean it, but she like, loves it when you guys are hunting she but wants when to you're go trail run, running like, yeah no one, I mean, the last time I went, it was like five degrees out and Lynx was still tore up. So he was at home and I was like, oh, I'll go take Ruby for a run. I'm in little running gloves, sweatpants and trail running shoes. And my dog just stops in the middle of this trail, like just stops. And I'm like, what, what's going on? And she looks up the mountain and just puts her nose up. I was like, uh-oh. So I was like, go get it, go get it. Mm -hmm. And next thing you know, she's just hauls ass up the mountain. And uh, I look at my GPS, and she's lined out, and she's charging. And next thing you know, I hear her barking. And next thing you know, that line's treed. Mm -hmm. And I, every time I go for a run, there's snow on the ground. I mean, my eyes are constantly looking down for tracks because, I mean, that's just what my eyes are trained to do, just look for lion tracks. And any time I can find a lion track, <laughs> well, I don't like care. Me. Yeah. Anywhere I go, my eyes are just trained to look for animals. Yeah. No matter where I am, I'm always looking for animals. Yep. And on my eyes, just look for the tracks. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I was doing that, and there was no lion tracks. And so she just, that cat was sitting. I mean, this is one of the most, South Cottonwood Trail. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most popular hiking trails in Bozeman. And we were a half mile in to our run. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, that lion was just probably sitting a hundred yards above the trail and how oh, wild she just air scented that cat with the thermals pushing down because it was the morning and in the shade and she air scented that cat ran up there and uh that lion jumped three times so i was females tend to jump well and then was that the same day that you had the family come over to you <laughs> yeah. yeah so a lot of times males will be pretty comfortable in a tree like a big tom a lot of times you'll you know you'll get to a tree and the dogs are going crazy and that lion's that tom's just sleeping up there yeah. but females can get a little jumpy and they'll jump a lot of times with the dogs but usually it's when you first walk up to the tree and they see you they'll jump so here i am it's five degrees i'm in my little running shoes and sweatpants and this lion sees me and it jumps and i'm like oh man Mm -hmm. Ruby takes off again, catches it again, jumps again, further away from the trail. I get to the tree again, jumps again, and we finally got in a tree. And at this point, like, I couldn't feel my feet, couldn't feel <laughs> my hands. I'm freezing cold, get my dog. And she doesn't want to go. You know, it's, you know, I'm pulling her off the tree, and we're hiking back down to the trail, and there's just lion tracks everywhere. That lion had a kill up there. Mm -hmm. So um, 
you know, she's getting on the tracks and wanting to rerun it. And I'm yelling like, here we go, here we go, let's go, trying to get her off. And I get down to the 50 yards from the trail and I'm yelling at my dog to get down. And this family goes, I hear, are, are you okay? Do you need help? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no, uh, dog just decided to treat a lion. And it's like husband, wife, two little girls who are probably like seven and ten. Yeah. And they're like, what? Like, oh, yeah, there was a lion that is in a tree about 200 yards above the trail. You want to see it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just funny. People don't, people don't realize it. Mm-hmm. They don't realize how many cats there are. I've treated cats on most trails in this town. Yeah. And in the wintertime. That's where they're at. That's where the game's at. The game pushes down low. The cast follow. And people are down low too if they want to take a person. Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny, but I always love when they do that. A couple times it's been uh it's been a little frustrating, but luckily uh they haven't gone too far. Like she could have run that ten miles. Yeah. You know. So <laughs> and I would have been in my running shoes and probably making phone calls to have people bring me some boots and some stuff so I can not die, but it's, yeah. I, I love when, I love when we're out running and all of a sudden they take off and the excitement is like, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Hope I don't have a place to be in, in, a, in the next couple hours. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's, it's a good time. Yeah. When you're trail running, cause you don't, do you have their GPS collars I, on? You have to. Oh, okay. yeah. I mean, just in case. Yeah. I mean, th- that's the one thing about hounds. It's like, you know, it's not like a lab where, you know, a well-trained lab's always getting lesson, mm-hmm. right? They, If a hound smells something, it's going to listen to its nose. It doesn't matter how well-trained it is. It, it's, and especially if it's something that, that's a, that's their job. Like, their only job in their eyes is to go chase mountain lions. That's, that's what they get rewarded for. Mm-hmm. And so, when they, if they smell a cat, they're gone. And there's no getting them back until that lion's treat. Yeah. And th- they don't care what you have on your feet or what you don't have on your feet, they're going to do their job. Yeah. So, yeah. That's their purpose. They, <laughs> they love it, and they're good at it. Yeah. <laughs> and it puts a smile on my face. Good. Yeah. Good. They're right sitting on. in front of the wood-burning stove right now. Having a nice, they lazy have, day. Having a lazy day off. they got to be feeling good about it. Oh, yeah. They, Can you? Is there? Do they ever get antsy? Oh, yeah. And you're like, all right, I got to take him out. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lynx is, well, he'll sleep all day. He doesn't care. And it's funny because he has the big, most drive out of all of them, right? Mm-hmm. But Ruby's still young, so she'll get antsy, and we call her tyrant. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> usually, she's a little it, tyrant. She's a little tyrant. Usually, yeah. I mean, if we're not home, they're just in the kennel. But it was yeah. negative 10 this morning. and It was they, cold this morning. Yeah, they hunted yesterday and they did their job. So they got a lazy day by the fire. Nice. And they'll be antsy tomorrow. They'll be ready to go. Yeah, and you'll be at work. I'll be at work. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Jess will take them trail running. Yeah. Maybe they'll get a, catch a line, and I won't hear the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> She'll be like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she does not She does not like her runs interrupted. I bet. It'll happen. It'll happen. One day she's going to call me. You need to get come here and get your dogs. Like, Babe, I'm at work. Like, you took them out. Go get them. Yeah. She's not going to be thrilled. No. Not at all. <laughs> She'll come home with like a golden retriever or something. <laughs> Look, I got a new dog. Yeah, I don't want to run with these anymore. Yeah. No, she loves those dogs. Yeah, she does. Yeah. That's a fact. All right, cool, man. Well, we'll end it there. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. It's a good time. Thanks for thanks for taking the time out of your day to come down here and do this. Of course, dude. Let's yeah. get out hunting soon. We will. 
Thanks for tuning in to the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguide.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.